crosstalk, the unintentional transfer of signals between communication channels, a casual conversation. This is Video Game Crosstalk, episode 037, the monthly podcast of Gamers Talking Tech Science and whatever else comes to mind. I'm your host, Anthony Rossi, and I was recently at the inaugural year of the Empire Game Expo in Albany, New York, and wow, did I have a good time. You see, this event was different from the other Comic Cons that I've been going to in that this event was focused primarily on gaming. There was a reduced emphasis on most other pop or geek culture trends, and that space was filled by a massive gaming area where attendees could play all sorts of gaming systems going all the way back to the Commodore 64. Also, this expo had live entertainment in the main hall, including musical guests, Geek Musica, and Super Thrash Brothers, a pop-up escape room from Enigmatic Escapes, and even baked treats and other refreshments by the Barden Baker Gaming Cafe. But enough of the setup, let's get into some interviews. Okay, so first guest, now that I'm walking around the vendor floor right now at the Empire Game Expo, and the first person that I am going to be talking to is Leonard Herman. Leonard, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. So we've got a lot of stuff on your table right now. Why don't you give me a quick rundown of what we've got going on here? Okay, first we have my book, Phoenix 4, The History of the Video Game Industry. And for those of you who don't know what Phoenix is, in 1994, I wrote the very first uh, video game history book. It was called Phoenix, The Fall and Rise of Video Games. And now the new one out is the fourth edition of that book. So yeah, video games have been around for, we're counting in decades at this oh, point. Yeah. Since, well, technically since the late 50s. That, that far back? Commercial video games since 1972. Okay, so give me a, just a quick snippet of like the origin. So you said back in the 50s? 1958, I believe, an engineer named Willie Higginbotham, who worked for the Brookhaven National Laboratories in Long Island, he, played, he developed a game on an oscilloscope, which is basically uh, a ball going over a net back and forth. And he called it table, uh, Tennis for Two. Okay. So a lot of historians point that as the first video game. Uh, then around 1962, I believe, uh, on, there was Space War on a PDP computer. And then in 1966, Ralph Baer got the idea to hook up a device to a television set to play games. Very cool. So there's been a, obviously there's been a lot of development since then. A little bit. Just a little bit. And, I mean, I, it's one of those things where, looking back, would you expect things to get to the point that they were today? Well, I can't say that. I mean, I was around when the, when the Odyssey came out, Magnavox Odyssey, 1972. A friend of mine still has this Odyssey that he bought back in the day and now has Ralph Baer's autograph on it. Nice. But, yeah, you're right. I never imagined it would get to this. I remember I saw a bowling, I was in a bowling alley. I saw Pong for the first time. I said, this is the coolest thing. So, you're right. I've never... Yeah. And, and it's just the simplest little thing. Two people just to spend some time together with a friendly little competition type of gig. Yeah, at a bowling alley. <laughs> 
exactly. <laughs> and now we're at a full video game expo. I mean, there's fans all over the place from various generations even of the different consoles. Uh, what has it been like just to witness this type of development in an entertainment medium? It's, oh, it's pretty cool to say I've almost been there since the beginning. And uh, it's like, uh, take any other entertainment industry, say movies. To All right. Be, you know, if you were in the forefront of movies in the late 19th century, to see what they've come to now, it's like, uh, it's a different world. And video games in a short time have basically uh, had that technology shift. Yeah, it's just the whole analog to digital conversion everything that's gone along with it. It's just, what a time to be alive. <laughs> well, you could say that 50 years from uh, now. Of too, course, sure. of course. <laughs> All right, so some other things that we have here. We have a brown box. Care to explain the brown box? The brown box was the prototype of the Magnavox Odyssey, which was the first console. Uh, Ralph Baer came up with the idea for the brown box again in 19... He start, well, he got the idea for video games in 1966, like I said. They went through seven uh, prototypes. The brown box was the seventh prototype. And basically, it, well, it looks like a big cigar box. It really does. I wouldn't be surprised if that was like the basis of design for the original prototype. It's metal. It's not cardboard. Okay. And it has brown con uh, wood, wood grain contact paper all around it. Uh, so you can play, and I, I don't, I'm not going to say Pong because it wasn't Pong, and Ralph hated when people called it Pong. Ooh, okay. It's video tennis, video ping pong, and that's one of the games. But there's a bunch of switches, so by changing the switches, you could play about 20 different games on this, like handball and stuff like that. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me. Enjoy the rest of the con. Thank you. And next up on the list, I am now with Ye old Dicey Goods. And who am I joined with? Zach. Pleasure to meet you, Zach. Give a quick rundown of what we have on the table. Well, we range mainly in uh, tabletop gaming stuff like Dungeons & Dragons. So we've got anything from dice all the way to props and anything in between that you could think of. So I see a few things of note. We have some chainmail dice bags? Correct. We got chainmail dice bags, chainmail bracelets, and a few uh, earrings, too, as well. Yeah, I got a nice little setup of all tiny little D6s for your earrings. And, I mean, how... So I've seen a bunch of chainmail goods at various cons and run festivals and stuff like that. How many hours of labor does it take to produce one of these bags? On average, I would probably say it takes her about... <laughs> it yeah, takes this person yeah, over here. It takes my cohort um, about, you know, five hours if she's not interrupted, you know... I'll say at most eight a whole day could do it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of shines light on like how time consuming certain crafts are to produce these things. Like I'm looking at it and it's a dice bag. And I would imagine a lot of people just kind of assume it's a dice bag. But the physical act of bending and cutting and interlocking all the individual little bits and pieces is a little on the time consuming side. Correct, yes. I mean, even our dice towers that we have, these alone take me upwards of 10 hours to do. Yeah, yeah. so when you're purchasing crafts that are handmade, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into these little things. Correct, yes. So what about these little crates we have here? So these are for uh, just 
Go ahead, you explain. Well, these are just more of like little props for Dungeons & Dragons or any other type of tabletop gaming. Very simple, very basic, you know, you got crates that could go with boats, tables that could go in taverns, or they could use them as uh, barricades. Just simple things that could, you know, spice up your table game. Gotcha! And we have a few magnets over here, and... <laughs> so, I, I, I'm enjoying some of the little sayings on here. So we have a, a magnet that has a one on top with the saying, well, crit. <laughs> and one that has a 20 that says, oh, crit. So uh, We like to be a little punny with our, with our stuff. <laughs> I'll let the puns fly. Love the puns. Love the puns. <laughs> and, yeah, these dice towers are looking pretty... Very, very medieval. These are definitely towers and not just a little, well, I, you know, I want to say not just a little box that stands on end, but that, again, is diminishing the work that other craftspeople put into them. But these are legit stonework with moss on them. Explain these dice towers. Well, these towers are made out of uh, EVA foam and uh, hand-carved with a wood-burning tool. Uh, and very put, put together, basic painting. And then the moss was a little extra touch that I decided to add in, kind of give it like a little abandoned feeling that you bring it to the table and everyone's going to be like, oh, what the heck is this? And they also detach from their bases, so if you needed to use the tower as like a prop or something, oh, you nice. do that as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Do you have any uh, social media contacts I can throw out there? Uh, we are on Facebook and Instagram at you old Dicey Goods on both. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, and... I already forgot to ask my last guest this question. I ask every guest, every person I talk to, the same question. Coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. How do you take it? Cream and sugar. All right. Ooh, hold on. I'm going to go back over here. Uh, one more time, coffee or tea? Tea. And how do you take it? Uh, cold. With uh, It's like a hibiscus passion fruit over ice. Very particular. And really quick, your name is? Kayla Fessinger. And you are also with the Ye Old Dicey Goods as well. Yes. You're the, and you're the one who does the the chainmail. I do the chainmail, the earrings, basically, pretty much the the metal work. Metal work. Metal, so metal. All right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Well, you know, the red means that it's fancy. <laughs> so now I am with Ronnie Greenblatt. Ronnie, how are you doing? Very good. So I just sat in on a panel of yours not too long ago, and we discussed your, I guess I'll call it adventures in gaming art? Yes, adventures in, ga adventures in gaming art. Yes. <laughs> uh, and most notably, the art direction and creation for Parappa the Rapper. Yes, that's right. And it was actually a pretty fascinating story. So how long have you been doing just your own art? Uh, since I was three years old. Fabulous. And just, just started with a crayon and just never put the markers down. Basically, that's true. So did you go to school for art as well? Yes. I went to, I after high school, I went to the School of Visual Arts in New York City. Awesome. And your art style is very illustrative. Is that the... That's, yeah, you could call it that. Okay. Well, because I feel, I feel so bad, and it sounds diminutive if I say cartoons. Like, I, like, I love cartoons. It is cartoony. Okay. How about cartoony? We can go with cartoony. Hey, it's your art. You can, you can identify and describe however you feel, because this is, these are your. But you didn't exactly set out to be the 
creator artist for Parappa the Rapper. They actually came to you, correct? That's right. That's right. They came to me. So just a quick recap for the podcast. Like, how exactly did that all come down? All right. So originally, I had an agent, and uh, it's a long story, but he got me a job working with Sony in Japan, a company called Sony Creative Products, which is a licensing company. Okay. To make cute character products. And that's how I got into it. And then it turned out that Sony PlayStation was being born, and they connected me with a guy who was making this rhythm game. <laughs> and the rest is gaming history. It really is. It really is. And it's just so unexpected. The way that the story came out, that is so unexpected. Like, did it take you by surprise as well? Yeah, I was very surprised. Pleasantly, I'm sure. Well, uh, we, we didn't know really what PlayStation was going to do or what kind of audience it would have. It was all kind of new. So it was exciting. It was very fun. Sounds very exciting. Yeah. It just, okay, or I'm going to make cute cartoony characters for a rapper game. Yeah. Produced in Japan. <laughs> exactly. It all didn't sound like any of it made any sense at all. But then I thought, that's probably a good sign. And isn't that the way like a lot of creative explosions happen? Like, we're going to take a bunch of random things, seemingly random things, throw it together, and every once in a while, something just pops. Yeah, that's how this was. And there were so many talented people on the team. That helps a lot. Oh, I'm sure it does. Absolutely. So... You're still doing your art yes. outside. Uh, care to describe that a little bit? Um, I am making my paintings and sculptures. I am uh, running my little shop in Catskill and um, having shows in galleries these days. That's what I've been doing. So having shows in galleries, how do those experiences differ from something like Empire Gamer Expo. I, I imagine there's a different clientele set coming to these shows. It's completely different. But I like it all. I like to meet people and I like to get out and do stuff like this and be in the studio. I'm, I'm into it. That is so great. All right, so very quickly, uh, would you like to give out any other self-promotion plugs? Uh, let's see, any other commercials? Uh, yes, the commercial part of the interview. <laughs> I, did, I already did plug the Rodney shop, but if you come down to Catskill, it's not far from Albany. Um, I'm usually there, and uh, it's fun. We can chat and talk about Parappa, and I have some stuff. I get some other stuffed animals and different fun things if you want to collect more Parappa stuff. And also if you want to see my artwork. Oh, yes. Uh, discuss your other artwork really quickly, please. Uh, I'm back in the studio making paintings. Um, not so much sculpture. I used to make some sculpture too. I've been making some small paintings for the shop and I'm working on some larger scale works for a show I'm going to have in the spring. Excellent. Thank you so much. And final question, yes. coffee or tea? Tea, definitely. How do you take it? Uh, black Irish breakfast is my favorite. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. All right, and through random happens chance, I just met up with another YouTuber. Hello, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, hi, my name is Luna TK, and um, yeah, that's the name of my channel. All right, <laughs> so that'll be the YouTube channel? Yes. All right, do you have any other, so oh, we'll get to the socials later. So what brings you here to the Empire Gamer Expo? So um, it was totally spontaneous. Um, probably about less than an hour ago, I was recording my own podcast with my friend uh, Michelle from Heart Panorama, and uh, we recorded we were recording our uh, month our 
bi-monthly Sailor Moon podcast called Moonylicious. Nice. And um, right as we were wrapping that up, my friend Dania texted me. She's like, um, so I'm at a convention thing and um, the actresses from Miraculous and Sailor Moon are here. And I was like, where? How long can it take for me to get there? And uh, when are you going to be there? And I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah, basically. I was like, I will be there in 20 minutes. So uh, I had to get a video uh, with them because it's a Sailor Moon and Miraculous channel, so. So clearly you're on your way. <laughs> here you are. Like, we're doing this now. We're doing this now. We're doing... Yes, 100%. Like, and I was literally just shaking. I was like, because <gasps> Venus is one of my favorites, too. So. Oh, all right. Yeah. Very nice. Oh, yeah. And I just happened to be, I just finished talking to Rodney Greenblatt over to the side. And suddenly I see someone is getting audio for their own, like, channel. I'm like, I need to be quiet. <laughs> like, I don't want to disrupt her audio. <laughs> I mean, I've got a unidirectional mic right now, so the vast majority of background noise is canceled out automatically. You're using a cell phone. It's like, I need to be quiet. <laughs> well, thank you. That was very kind. But I, I try to be supportive of the community. So uh, I've been enjoying the con so far. Um, well, I literally just got here. Like, oh, did you? Like, okay. I literally booked it up the stairs. I was like, okay, you gotta go. But so far, it's been fantastic. And I'm like still shaking with excitement. So breathe it out. <laughs> breathe. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'll just wrap this up then so you can get to enjoying the coffee. There's so much stuff to do here. There's so much stuff. What are some socials you like to post that or plug? Um, okay, so you can actually follow me at LunaT93 on Twitter. I also have a Facebook page by the name of LunaTK and Discord. And I actually just started making an Instagram. There's nothing on it yet, but I'm definitely going to be posting some clips. Oh, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> That's the thing with content creation. It will get created. Just give me some time. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All right, and final question. Coffee or tea? Tea. How do you take it? I like it with honey and lemon. Excellent. Thank you so much. No problem. Hi. So, so hi. So we actually have a little bit of a repeat guest. Muse, how you doing? I'm pretty good. Excellent. And I am at the Queenship Game Studio. Now we are at the Empire Game Expo. And we have some other members here. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Tess Wainwright. And what do you do with Queenship? Oh, I'm a narrative designer. Okay, and moving down the table. I'm Frederica Edgington Giordano, and I'm the programmer. Fantastic. So, as we were just joking before I hit record, we've already had the, we've already had a full hour-long <laughs> episode, but now this is specifically Queenship Games and the... So, we have a playable demo of Open Spaces. All right, who wants to... Should I just default over to Muse? Okay, well... Narrative. So, what's going on with the demo? Um, so, the way we're presenting the story right now is there's four different characters who all deal with um, agoraphobia and anxiety in their own ways. We've got two of them so far, um, Skylar, who Muse may have already talked about a bit since uh, they were the one in our original Ludum Dare demo. Um, they're just sort of an art student who sort of deals with panic and social situations and like that. And then there's um, Walter, who's an unhoused um, African-American male who just sort of, you know, ha has learned to start to distrust people after a lot of bad events. Um, there's going to be two more um, later on, but yeah, right now we've got those two finished. All right. 
Very cool. So we're going to have a total of four characters for this game? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have we started designing or like plotting out the, the major points for... I'm getting head nods. All right. Are you allowed to share any of that just yet? No. There it is. No, okay, so awesome. However, <laughs> oh, oh. Um, it should be mentioned that the beta is uh, up for purchase on itch.io. So if you guys want to follow us on social media and get the link to that, uh, the beta is up for eight bucks. And anybody who purchases the beta will get the full release of the game when it's released at no additional charge. All right, very cool. So, so how's the expo been treating you ladies? Yeah, um, it's a really good place that we have here because it's kind of right in the middle of everything. This is a pretty sweet location, not going to lie. So we've gotten a lot of uh, foot traffic here, definitely. All right, and how? I'm going to go back over to Muse. How did your set go for Geek Musica? I, it went really well. Um, it was sort of at a weird time of day because like a bunch of people were at lunch or like just hadn't shown up yet, but we got a really good response. Um, me and Amanda got a lot of praise and compliments afterwards. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was it was good. I tried sticking around. I was I was there, I'm not salty. <laughs> but Jacob was flopping and he was he was the cuddly type that meant like he was like falling asleep in my arms type of thing. And if I did not get him home quickly enough, bad things were going to happen. And in fact, quick story, he did turn into a little bit of a demon when we got home. Like, I, I don't understand this with kids. You're overtired, go to sleep. Not yell no at me for every little thing. Like, every response is just no. Yeah. So I was like, do you want to go to bed? No. Do you want your blanket? No. Do you want to play with it? No. Do you want some goldfish crackers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, little. Always works. I feel you, little homie. I feel you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Um, and really quick, just the social media contacts and all that good stuff for Queenship. Uh, Facebook.com slash Queenship Game Studio, Twitter.com slash Queenship Games. And if you just look above, look us up on itch.io, I don't remember what the link is. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, but yeah, just, just Google us. All right, and for you two, I ask this question to everyone. Coffee or tea? Tea. How do you take it? Uh, with milk. All right, and you? Honestly, neither. Okay, we're done here. Okay. <laughs> and would you like to give out any of your social media contacts? I mean, I have an itch.io page that's just Tess Wainwright. All right, fair enough. I'm, uh, I'm on itch.io as well as uh, Effigy13. All right, thank you so much. All right, before we go any further with discussing what we have at this table, I had to press record real quick. And now I am with Rumblecade uh, ga Games Studio? Yeah, yeah, Rumblecade Games. Rumblecade Games, and I am speaking to... Jason. Hi, Jason. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> it's going pretty good. How's the combat training so far? It's great. I really enjoy all the people coming and trying out the games and giving me feedback. I'm learning a lot and having good fun. Excellent. So we have one game set up right now for people to try, and it is called Double Down Dungeon. Care to explain that a bit? Double Down Dungeon is a roguelike RPG where you hack and slash enemies until you find a chest, and then you choose to take that treasure or double down to get a bigger, better, badder treasure lower down in the dungeon. And how many times does this mechanic stack? You can stack it as long as you can stay alive. Really? Yeah, but if you die, then you lose everything. Okay, so 
So explain how, do you get like a certain number of sub type of in-game currency? Do you get gear? What do you get in this chest? We're in the progress of development. It's, we're a couple months in and we need to figure out what's going to be most fun for players. Maybe we'll have a couple of different ways that you play Double Down Dungeon. Uh, maybe it's procedurally generated or maybe we design levels so that you go to the health dungeon and you can build up the health of your character and, and let the player create the type of character they want to create. But if you take a treasure, you can bring that back to Double Downtown and you can then start again and have those, like your character leveled up. Okay. It, Interesting. <laughs> I, so, when we started this, we were just in the progress and you were about to tell me about a game called Rockabilly Beatdown. So, Go ahead, explain this. Right. We're in the progress of building Double Down Dungeon, but one of our previously already released games is Rockabilly Beatdown. We call this an endless puncher. You play as, <laughs> you play as a Rockabilly hero, and you just punch anything and everything for as long as you can. All right. So do, do we go through different levels? It, what? The way that it's set up is you start playing and you're in one level and then you, over time enemies come in surges and waves and more and more and more until you die. And then you get a tally of your score, how long you lasted, how many bosses you killed, whether you, uh, got, whether you got the, the roadster like power up, how many times you got that. Uh, and then you can play again and it'll be a new level. And there are so many levels to play through. But when you play one game, you're in one level. Okay, and do, tell me we've got like, I, I'm imagining this being all rockabilly themed with like stray cats and Brian Setzer in the background. <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun with it and we started out with rockabilly characters um, and then we kind of just went crazy. So you, you're fighting zombies and witches and uh, fantasy characters and all kinds of different. There's a there's a Japanese uh, there's a Japanese character and you're fighting Naga on top of a train. Uh, the way God intended. <laughs> we just had a fabulously fun time building it, and it's a pretty simple, straightforward game to play while you're standing in line somewhere or you just want to kill some time and kill some zombies. Excellent. All right. So oh, you're, you're showing me a demo right now or something. It's, so it's a mobile game. It's a mobile game on iOS and Android. Uh, and it's, it's ready to go. We put do an update about once a year, sometimes twice a year. We like the Halloween updates. Oh, oh sure. And I've already I've already seen a pompadour and a cut off denim vest. So we are there. Yes. We are in Rockabilly World. Yes. Ace Knuckles. Ace Knuckles. We got Kimber Killjoy is our main hero, but there's also Ace Knuckles and Bruiser McFist. <laughs> there's unlockable characters that you can get, uh, and then once you get a certain number of punches or want to increase your stats you can unlock you can unlock or buy a bunch of more characters it's it's crazy excellent thank you so oh, what uh, there's just all kinds of progress and unlockables fish that you can every time you complete a level we give you some new crazy name for what you fat man and little boy that's yeah. <laughs> all right so uh to wrap this up would you like to give any social media plugs yeah, come and find us at rumblecade.com. We've got a Twitter account, a Tumblr account, we, where we show off our artwork and we uh, plug ourselves in other indie game studios. Uh, rumblecade.com. All right, final question. Coffee or tea? Coffee. How do you take it? How, 
I'll take it any way I can get it. <laughs> Just give it to me. <laughs> I need my caffeine. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. So now I am with the co-founders of the Tech Valley Game Space. I've actually mentioned you guys several times on the podcast already, but it's finally, it is a pleasure to finally get to talk to you in person. So if you could just introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Jamie Stevenson. I'm the co-founder of Tech Valley Game Space and currently the outreach coordinator. Hey, my name is Taro Mia, co-founder of Tech Valley Game Space and executive director. And, and you again. Uh I'm actually not a founder, but I've, I've been very involved with TVGS. Um, I'm Frederica Edgington Giordano. <laughs> Once again, Frederica. <laughs> so yeah, we, well, I just talked to Queenship earlier, and I got to get some audio from. <laughs> so big old fun community. All right, so we'll start by explaining what do we have on the table right now. Sure. So um, Tech Valley Game Space, we've actually partnered with Empire Game Expo to co-organize this entire region here in, at the event, which is called the Capital Region Game Showcase. Um, so we have our own little area um, where we're promoting our community of game makers. Uh, and also, each of us individually has some kind of game project or game studio that we're involved with. So we're showing our own game projects and game studios as well. Oh, very nice. So so I'm on like the back side of the table. Is, is this what's being shown on the, the TV? Yeah. OK, so it, we have Ding Dong Ditch. What is going on with Ding Dong Ditch? Sure. So Ding Dong Ditch is the first game that's uh, going to be released by my game studio, Spoonie Bird. Um, and it's a point-and-click adventure game with kind of an early 90s uh, you know, sitcom slash Nickelodeon vibe to it, where you have to Ding Dong Ditch all of your neighbors and it is hysterical. unravel a mystery in the process. All right. And um, what do you have going on at this? Yeah, I'll, uh, we're showing off Codename Airwaves, currently a working title. For basically, it's an F-Zero meets Geometry Dash arcade game. Interesting. Yeah, it's very beautiful. There's a lot of rainbow colors to it. And um, the, the whole point of it is, imagine a world where speed is the name of the game and gravity is just a suggestion. In this reckless universe, the player competes driving as far as they can on a high-velocity anti-gravity vehicle with limited fuel. So you try to race through. Uh, basically, you want to make sure that you, you keep your fuel up high. Uh, collect fuel by attacking other enemy vehicles and try to get as far as possible uh, without uh, without running out of them. And yeah, it's like I said, it's a high score things to compete with your friends with. Very nice. So do you have like a planned uh, release window or is it we're just working on this when we when we can do it? It's currently a, we're working on this the best we can right now. I, and I totally get it. I mean, this is a community-based like game development Makerspace, that'd be the correct way to phrase it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been described it as so we're a community of game makers um, of all experience levels who come together to support each other. And uh, we collectively run a nonprofit organization with the mission of encouraging and enabling everyone in the capital region to create games. So we're working together to build a more accessible, thriving game development scene locally. And game development takes a long time. Like, what? Yeah, I, I get it. I, I've spent enough time in the corporate world to understand probably a little bit more than your usual punks on the internet, if I may, may be so bold. And Frederica, uh, what are your, so what do you do here? 
Well, at Tech Valley Game Space, I'm actually involved with a lot of the educational programs. I run the Beginner Game Design Orbit Group, which is um, a free program every Saturday morning at 11, from 11 to 12.30. I teach anyone who walks in the door how to make games. I can get you most people started um, in about an hour making their own games. And, but it is a first step. It's not like you know you're going to be like making AAA games, but it's a really it's really rewarding to do that. Okay, I mean, once again, that goes back to my previous comment of like this takes a long time. You don't just like click a few buttons and like your entire background is created. All your sprites are created. All your dialogue is just magically. I'm sure we'll get to that point. But, you know, praise be to Adobe. But <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot that goes into it. So we're just getting the introductory level stuff. That's maybe you have an idea. How do I get started? Like that first step sounds like what you're. Is that a fair assessment? That's a fair assessment. Yes, and even if you just don't have an idea, we do have a tutorial that just gets gets you to the point where you can get you can start having your own ideas about what you can do with the tools that are available. That's another thing. So I have learned on the fly how to use all my editing software. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a chorus of laughter because we've all been there. We know that struggle. So yeah, just getting that first step, like how do I turn this system on sometimes? It's just like, okay, I got that part. <laughs> all right, so a little bit more about the, the Tech Valley game space. What can you tell me about that? Like as far, there is, Please correct my terminology, membership tiers, is that the right way? Yeah, so we're a member-supported organization um, and also volunteer-driven, so we have paying members. Um, we actually just have really one primary tier at the moment for co-working. Uh, we also have a Patreon that has, I mean, you can pay different levels to support us via Patreon. Oh, fair enough. Appreciate. Um, but generally, yeah, we have the one tier, which is just a monthly payment, and then you get full access to the co-working space that we collectively manage in Troy. Um, and yeah, so that's just a shared office that a lot of local game makers use. And it's just a fun creative space if you're trying to make a game from home and feeling kind of isolated and want to be around other creative people and kind of get energized by it in the way that I do, then it's a great place to just work on your creative projects. All right, and quick note, they are doing geek trivia right now in the background and they have a really loud PA. We'll see how the audio <laughs> works later on. But thank you so much guys for giving a few minutes of your time. I'm going to go around, the, go around the panel real quick if you want to plug any social media contacts you may have. Sure. So I would say, um, first of all, for the game space, you can go to techvalleygamespace.com. Um, certainly can follow us on the Twitter and the Facebook and all of the social media places. Um, we're TV Game Space on Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash techvalleygamespace and other social media sites. We're generally Tech Valley Game Space most places. Um, and then my game studio is Spoonie Bird. And again, at Spoonie Bird on Twitter. Um, yeah, check us out and look forward to uh, Ding Dong Ditch coming out later this year. All right, and Taro, what about you? I want to give a quick shout out to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Tech Valley Game Space. Uh, it has plenty of content in regards to lessons prior uh, that was taught about various different gaming related tools. Uh, for our game uh, with codename Airwaves, uh, you can find more information at omiyagames.com. That is spelled O-M-I-Y-A, games. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at Omiya Games and Facebook at Omiya Games as well. All right. I'd like to plug our on our website. We do have a lot of tutorial information uh, if you click on the Learn link. Uh, so if you go to techvalleygamespace.com, click on the learn link at the top, you'll see like years of content um, from our lesson nights. 
right. Nice. Okay. And final question. I think I've already asked you this question, so you know what's coming. All right. Last question of every interview: coffee or tea? Uh, a little too much coffee. I'm trying to sort of dial it back. <laughs> and how do you take your coffee besides in large quantities? Uh, lots of sugar, lots of cream. All right. And you? I take option C, water. Okay, and we're done here. Thanks for talking. <laughs>
and, and mortgage uh, mortgages and bank, bank analyst and it sounded really exciting for a couple of years and then there was a crash and um, what's important is it I, I should rephrase it's not who are you now that you don't have a job it's who were you always we have a tendency to define ourselves in a way that we actually aren't so sometimes this, uh, in the darkest part of the uh, of the longest night we find all the colors of the rainbow somehow and I think it's those moments when we lose our, our wives our husbands um, our jobs it's a reminder who are you really not just who are you now awesome so some final uh, wrap it up questions what character have the fans been asking you most about since you've been here? <laughs> Definitely Jade from Mortal Kombat. Jade's got my heart. She's closest to me. Um, Lifeline from Apex Legends. Uh, she's the sheer embodiment of my Nana. And um, Nana is convinced that everybody is cosplaying her. So, uh, <laughs> nice. Loved all my Lifeline mains uh, from every nation, tongue, and tribe, every culture. Um, I, I'm so excited to be playing someone of a multicultural background. And it, it reminds you that every interview is worth celebrating. Um, no matter what shade, color, you know, gender orientation, any of it, um, Apex Legends has really brought that to light. That is so great. So, wrap this up. Any social media contacts you'd like to plug? Guys, please find me at TheMelalee at Gmail um, is my email. Uh, at TheMelalee for Instagram. At TheMelalee for Twitter. All right. And final question. Coffee or tea? Well, I am a tea drinker for the most part. Mum is British. Uh, but he asked me this question. I've got like a, a certain famous coffee maker. <laughs> I was just about to say, you're saying tea, but I see coffee right there. Oh, I'm really sleepy, you guys. I'm East Coast time and a West Coast girl. Um, but you can't beat a great cup of tea. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. Okay, so as I said, final hours of the Empire Game Expo, and I have moved over on the uh, special guest table, and I'm now with Sheremy Lee. Sheremy, how are you doing so far? I am doing well. How are you? Fantastic. So, also with Mela, I was able to sit in on the panel talk for the actor, and a few follow-up questions, because we had a packed house, a lot of good questions coming out, and... The question to you, do you approach the character um, design or anything like that differently when voicing a fantasy character versus a science fiction character? Uh, for me, it always comes from a place whenever I'm asked to uh, work on a project and I'm lucky enough to have the opportunity. I approach each character from a human place. It doesn't matter the genre that I'm in. Like, what are the circumstances? Who are they? What is their background? It could be for on camera, voiceover, even in industrial. Like, what are the things that I'm doing? Who is the human being that I'm embodying? And I don't really consider where they fit in the genre. Just who are these people? I honestly was not expecting these answers, and I love I love that I'm wrong. Type of, you, know what, you know what I mean? Sure. I, I love that I'm wrong. I thought there's going to be some type of different approach to fit within the jump, but no, it's case by case, character by character. That is so cool. All right. Uh, during the panel, you mentioned it's really weird going coming from in front of the camera to doing voiceovers, voice acting. And, like, could you expand on that a little bit? Like, what is it like going for a for a role where your personal appearance like has nothing to do with the actual performance. Yeah, I mean, it's uh it's a little bit more liberating. I can play a wider range of characters. I can uh 
play different body types that are not like me um, or different ages. I mean, I could still go in and play like a four, five, six-year-old, even though I'll be 31 uh, next week. Um, So that's pretty cool, and that's very liberating. I've also gotten to play soldiers and very strong, really intimidating women that I, at five feet tall, just naturally and physically do not embody. So you're saying at five foot you don't have an imposing visage? Um, Not always. Um, So that's been really cool but at the same time now um, I've started doing more motion capture so it used to be like it doesn't matter what I look like when I do voiceover but sometimes it does I've had people while I'm doing uh, voice work they they put the sensors on my face and they want to capture my face while I'm doing it or uh, like when I worked on Call of Duty um, they they did my whole likeness and when I worked on Horizon Zero Dawn it was the same thing so I had to do a lot of physicalization for that Um, and it was really cool so it was like bringing in my experience in theater and my dance training and my stunt training bringing that into voiceover stunt training yeah I've done a minimal amount of stunt training Um, I did a lot of dance growing up and so then um, was like well I'm going to do some uh, fighting training and so I did a couple fighting workshops and then um, I was working on an episode of Chase um, with the uh, amazing stunt team that did Walker, Texas Ranger, uh, Aaron Norris and and, uh, Eric and they said, hey, would you like to do your own stunts for this scene? And so I got to do this whole scene. I took like six squibs in the back and six squibs in the front and had to do this crazy fall while I was running. And uh, after that, they were like, you know, you should really start doing a little bit more of that. So I want to get back into it. But that was a lot of fun. So now bringing all of that in to doing voiceover and doing on-camera stuff, and it's just been a wild ride. So whenever anybody says, what should I do to be a voice actor, I'm like, take as many classes in as many facets because you never know when someone's going to say, like, hey, that on-camera training is going to come in handy for this motion capture, or this stunt training is going to come in handy for this motion capture, and you want to be ready for anything. You are a one-woman wrecking crew, and I mean that... And I mean that in the most, like, complimentary way. It's well, thank you so much. Thanks. Right, uh, so, through the course of this expo, what have the fans most been asking about as far as the array of characters you've done? Ooh, there's been a lot of love for uh, Makoto and P5, a lot of love for A2 and Near Automata. Um, I got some some love for Judgment, which just came out, which was awesome. Uh, still, Borderlands, everybody loves Borderlands. Um, there's been a lot of Fire Emblem stuff. A couple people were excited about Call of Duty, which was exciting. Um, so yeah, you never know what you're gonna get. Some of some of the some shows people really love. Um, fairy tale sword art uh and then like one or two games and sometimes they just dig all the games and um it's 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 interesting that different areas gravitate towards different titles well yeah i I guess that's why we come out and do these constant expos right because you get all all walks of life up here at these things absolutely it's always fun all right so wrapping up any social media plugs you'd like to make yeah, sure. Um, I'm on Twitter at Sheremy Lee, and I'm on Instagram at CLK Star, and then on Facebook it's just Sheremy Lee. Um, and I post uh, new projects that I am allowed to talk about uh, right now. Most of the stuff that I'm working on every day is uh, 
I'm under NDA for, so hopefully I'll get to talk about some of that stuff soon. Because um, it's I, there's a couple of projects I'm like insanely excited about, and I just got to keep it close to the chest, as hard as it is. Well, I mean, I've spent too much time in the soul-crushing corporate world, so like when people say NDAs, I'm like, it's fine, business, business got a business. We're we're not digging into that. I've even gone back into my podcast and like, hey, we're gonna clip that awkward moment. <laughs> and we appreciate you going to the extra mile to make sure we're safe. We appreciate it. Lawsuits are not fun. No, and I don't have the money to back that up. Oh, n- neither do we. Are there any upcoming projects you are allowed to talk about? Um, Gaming-wise, no. Uh, but I can talk about... Um, I'm working on more fairy tale, more sword arts coming soon. Uh, more Sailor Moon is on its way. And then I worked on an anime called uh, uh, Cells at Work, where I play Red Blood Cell, which is a fun, like... Uh, tale about what it's like for the parts of our body as they're trying to do all of the things that keep us alive, which is pretty fun in a comical sort of way. Can't wait. Okay, final question. Coffee or tea? Oh, both. Both? Yeah, but lately I've been doing decaf, so I love decaf coffee. There's one that has a little bit of French vanilla in it, which is awesome. But if I have to choose, I would probably... Tea is great. Tea heals my voice and it keeps you hydrated. Coffee dehydrates you a little bit. So if I have a big day of sessions, it's always tea. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that is all the time I had for this event. Unfortunately, I was not able to grab audio from all the great people I was able to talk to, so a quick shout out to Clarion Games, Bork Bork Studios, Mothchild Cosplay, Relic Games, Swiss Army Scorpion Podcast, The Evil Geeks Podcast, Singularity Games Studios, Necomore Studios, and Console Yourself Soaps. Links to all these and, of course, the interviewed guests will be available in the show notes on videogamecrosstalk.com. In the meantime, don't forget to like, review, and subscribe to this podcast and give this episode a share all over your social media accounts. Links to all of my social media accounts can be found on the webpage, and I can be found pretty much everywhere at hypersyntax, H-Y-P-3-R-S-I-N-T-4-X. And in the words of Alan Wake, if our lives are already written, it would take a courageous man to change the script. <laughs>